hi there. Didn't notice you there. Hey, wait a minute. What are you doing in my house? Okay, okay I'll stop. <laughs> um, hi. Welcome to TV Time with Katie, the podcast where I can talk about all the television I watch. Um, I'll admit it's going slower than I'd like. Um, I took a break there. Um, that's what a couple weekends of not working on my episodes looks like. Um, uh, I was just a little burnt out. I'm sorry. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I'd been get- I had um, been getting closer and closer to the point where my banked episodes would be posted and I'd be working up, up until the last minute. And then that turned into me being late. So I'm just going to try and work on it and post them when I can, you know, I'm like, Carmen Sandiego, when will I pop up next? Um, but anyway, thank you for hanging in there and whatnot. Um, shall we go for it? <laughs> Today's show is Vampire Diaries, and we're looking at Season 1, Episodes 13 and 14. All right. Um, I've just watched them, and now it's time to talk. Here is your watch check. All right, let's get into it. Episode 13 is titled Children of the Damned. And it aired February 4th, 2010. It was written by Kevin Williamson and Julie Plague and directed by our old pal, Marco Siega. I get so excited every time I see his name. So he did the pilot and the second episode, and he did Lost Girls, which was our first flashback episode. So he's our flashback guy. I love that. Um, he also directed episode nine, which was a Larix introduction. So it's good too. Um, okay. Marcos is easily the director with the most screen time, but he's also gotta be like my favorite, you know? Um, I like that the flashbacks will have a bit of consistency since they've all been his episodes, but I wonder how long that will last. (laughs) Okay. More facts. Uh, this episode title, Children of the Damned, is a 1964 horror movie about six super smart children identified by a government survey who escaped to a church after being taken away to be studied, and then they're on the loose and have to be hunted down by said government. I'm not sure why they chose the title, like, why they chose that movie as the title for this episode. I mean, some of the episodes have okay titles. You know, some are clearly references to movies, like 162 Candles comes to mind, and it's fine. Uh, It's Stefan's birthday in that episode. It makes sense. But I really don't get this one. Uh, It sounds more like the plot of Umbrella Academy, like right down to the mothers of the children having gotten pregnant without doing anything. Um... I would expect the Umbrella uh, Umbrella Academy to have, like, The Children of the Damned as an episode title if they did little nods. So I guess it's the tomb the vampires will be sealed in, like, under the church ruins. And um, the, the town leaders are the government, so fine. But I don't think we see anything further than the townspeople rounding the vamps up. Like, it should be the title of the next episode, or whenever we finally see what happened in the past, like, whenever that will be. Um, Furthering this sidebar, the last episode title was Unpleasantville, and I am aware of the nod to the Reese Witherspoon Tobey Maguire vehicle. Uh, I just don't think it was that clever. So, anyway. (laughs) New characters. So we're filling out our world in the past this episode. Meet Pearl, Anna's mother and a vampire, played by Kelly Hu. 
I know her from the first episode of The 100. That show totally wasted her. Hopefully this show does not do the same. So Pearl was captured. By none other than Jonathan Gilbert. The guy who wrote the book everybody's so hot for. Played by Joe Nesovich, I think. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And he is being helped by... Giuseppe Salvatore, also known as Daddy Sav, uh, Damon and Stefan's old-timey papa, <laughs> played by James Remar, who I know as one of Samantha's boyfriends. Um, and I believe that's it as far as speaking roles. Um, they mention Honoria Fell, but I'm not sure if we see her. And an old-timey Lockwood, uh, Mayor Lockwood, is credited on IMDb, but I don't remember if he even gets a line. He certainly did not make it to my notes. So let's just r- jump right into the recap. <laughs> I wonder if my neighbor thought I was going to stop doing this. <laughs> recap time. It's a gosh dang flashback episode. And things were getting serious back in 1864. <laughs> I mean, they... They were already pretty serious, but, like, specifically in this town as well. Um, Catherine's been taking Damon on her little hunting trips and hasn't been hiding her relationships with both Salvatore boys. Uh, the townspeople have noticed the death toll rising, and Honoria Fell has started selling discounted vervain perfume. Pearl is worried, but Catherine remains brazen. <laughs> Stefan and Damon share Pearl's concerns, but Stefan thinks if he asks for their father's help, he will spare Catherine. Damon urges him not to, but Stefan does so anyway. Unbeknownst to Stefan, Giuseppe spiked his drink with Vervain, and when Catherine inevitably bit him later, she collapsed, and Giuseppe raced in to muzzle her. As shit starts going down throughout the town, Pearl tries to go to Jonathan Gilbert for help, as he fancies her. At first, he is quick to shelter her, but his pocket watch, with its second face on, begins to spin until it stops on Pearl. Jonathan Gilbert no longer sees the most beautiful woman in town, only a monster, and he assists in her capture, all while while Stefan and Anna and Emily watch from afar. About 145 years later, (laughs) Stefan, Damon, and Anna are looking for Jonathan Gilbert's journal. Alaric has it and has made some copies. He hears the sound of a vampire whoosh and grabs his Van Helsing stuff. He shoots a stake, which is caught by Stefan, but the journal is gone. And after a little chat, Stefan leaves with Rick's copies. Damon's been waiting at Elena's house, having family night. Stefan shows up and he claims to have failed. After having heard about uh, Jeremy's new friend, Anna, Damon remembers her from one of the flashbacks and makes off for her, her hotel room. She offers to team up as she wants to free Pearl, and after Damon takes a quick peek in the journal, he rejects her and dips. <laughs> Both Salvatore boys read that it would be Giuseppe who would take the secret to his grave and end up where their father is buried. Stefan and Elena have dug up the grimoire to make sure Stefan doesn't destroy it. Damon grabs Elena, bites his wrist, and forces his blood on her. With it in her system, he threatens to snap her neck. He and Stefan make the trade, and Stelena leaves for home. All this time, Bonnie's been on her date with Ben. When she goes for a kiss, she knows what he is. Our girl is a queen of improvising, though, and excuses herself to the restroom. 
Unfortunately, Ben's on a mission tonight, and apparently, Vamp runs across the grill and grabs her away. At Elena's house, Elena has a headache, so Stefan goes downstairs to grab her some aspirin. Jenna and Jeremy are down there, and Jenna asks Jeremy where Anna went. Stefan realizes and runs upstairs, but Elena is gone. And everything, <laughs> and that's everything that happened today and 145 years ago in the town of Mystic Falls. Despite my recaps getting longer, I don't know if I have a whole lot to talk about this episode, so this is me getting ready to be persnickety. Alright, so it's another mother flippin' flashback episode, and things are getting wild in the past. Catherine's just so bold, isn't she? Attacking randos in the night with Damon, and he's so into it. Kissing her bloody mouth, no compulsion needed. But Catherine has officially pissed me off. <laughs> she obviously isn't worried about herself, but she's clearly not thinking about the future. I mean, she doesn't even have a plan. If she intends on turning both Salvatores and she doesn't give a shit about the townspeople, what is she waiting for? Like, as vamps, the three of them, plus, I don't know, there's like so many other vampires, like, they could just take over the town if they wanted. Like, I truly don't believe she cares about saving their humanity or anything. I believe she just wants to turn both Salvatore boys and have them forever, and she's like wasting time, so what's the holdup? <laughs> Like, it must be more fun to keep them as humans, where they're weak and easy to compel or control. Um, Pearl says as much when she sort of confronts Catherine this episode. She's like, hey, people are talking, and people are putting on vervain and perfumes, hello! <laughs> but I'm so curious about Pearl and Anna. Like, is she really Pearl's daughter, or is this a relationship of convenience? Like, I really want to read the books to compare, like, where they... Um, when were they turned and, and by whom? So curious about these two. Um, also, what an episode for team-ups, real and fake alike. You got Damon being all hopeful to be on Steffi's team, which turns out to be a lie and a real turning point for Damon, I think. Um, but also, Anna is so fucking desperate for a vampire who can get results. Um, I wonder if she just, like, followed Damon, right? I would've. Oh, wait, um... She goes to kidnap Elena, of course. I suppose the question is whether nabbing Elena was part of the original plan, like involving Bonnie, or if this is like leverage now that she knows the Salvatore boys are a step ahead. Oh, and don't think I didn't notice that there was a vocab lesson for the word grimoire. <laughs> um, I had to look it up too. It's okay. <laughs> and that sheedy transition from Stefan and Elena to Catherine and Damon. <clears throat> Man, Nina Dobrev has been having some wild days at work, I tell ya. <laughs> okay, so this is where I noticed that it's like November or December in present day Virginia, but it's actually Georgia and it seems like they filmed all the flashback stuff at once. And I wonder if it's meant to also be like the same time of year, but 145 years earlier, because Catherine is out there in short sleeves. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm sorry if it seems like I'm spoiling the, ne the next episode by making, like, quote, predictions when I've actually just seen the show, but I swear I don't remember most of what I've already seen. It's truly me, like, not knowing what comes next. Um, I promise when I actually do know what comes next, I try to, like, hide it, you know? Um, also, just as a side note, I also just like forget everything after I've recorded it. So I get all confused about what I've talked about, or maybe like if I'm not supposed to know something yet. 
I am not the smartest person. And when I'm watching this show, my brain just kind of like turns off a little bit. Um, anyway. <laughs> so Ben was turned recently. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but we also do in fact learn that Anna somehow slipped Logan some blood, whatever that means. Um, I guess she's just been lurking around long enough to know that Sheriff Forbes would go using him sooner or later and that he would be killed by the Salvators. I mean, it's a better cover, I suppose, but it's not like the sheriff didn't already know about vampires, so why not just kill Logan yourself after getting him to to somehow ingest vampire blood? Like, I don't get it, but at least they technically answered the question. <laughs> Alright, so we're back to Elena's part of the plan. Get the journal. Um, and she finds the vampire muzzle. And, like, hear me out. It's not a terrible counterattack. But the fact that the human beings, or excuse me, just like the humans, <laughs> just the fact that the humans are fighting back with Vervain and the pocket watch is like cute to me. So, okay, sidebar, my boyfriend and I wanted to watch The Green Knight, but Netflix removed it and we were suggested to watch The King and like, okay, you know, so we watched it again the next night <laughs> to get the things that we missed and to watch the end again. Like I could officially... Uh, talk for three hours about Timothy Chalamet and Robert Pattinson but in this movie um, I brought it up because it's like so cute to me that one of us uh, that like humans were discovering the potential of metal and they were like what if we just like completely put this around that guy you know and boom metal suits and then you know they kind of even look like cybermen like they look so futuristic for their times you know um john falstaff gets punted by a horse but it's like fine <laughs> okay anyway uh so there's a muzzle and jeremy comes in to tell them that the journal is with rick and stefan uh stefan can go and like maybe or maybe not compel him um would rick seriously hand over his copies if stefan told him why he needed them um i sort of feel like stefan had to compel him off screen but that's just me i could have missed something and i'm sure next episode will answer me so i'll stop now Ooh, but real quick did they reuse that shot of anna it looks very very similar to when she was lurking around during the decade dance just saying <laughs> Okay, so Anna has Jonathan Gilbert's journal, and she has to read about him thinking of her mother is the most beautiful woman in town with the knowledge that he turns on her so easily. Like, ooh, woof. <laughs> but also, how cute is Anna in her 1864 garb? So cute. Um, and Anna has her bit about slipping Logan some blood. It's just the stupidest thing I've heard from this show, I think. I sincerely hope it isn't in the books. Like, I want to read them so badly. <laughs> okay. So, family night is established. I wonder how often this happens. Uh, and Jenna has got eyes for Damon. Upon rewatch, I appreciate that she's, like, backed off of Alaric a bit. And at least, like, you know, I'm pretty sure she hasn't told Elena yet. I mean, I don't appreciate her, like, doing it that way, but I appreciate the character continuity. Um, she's already, like, weirdly related to him now, as it is, so I appreciate that her character needed to take a break there. And I just like to see Jenna having fun, being flirty. <laughs> so, got to talk a moment about the, um, after the croquet flashback. Elena 
is eating something. She, like, throws something into her mouth while she's talking to Damon, right? And it's like, what is that? Is that, like, really crumbly cheese? My brain is freaking out because it looks so crumbly, whatever it is. It looks like she just, like, picks up a bit, like, a little pinch of it and just, like, throws it at her mouth. And it almost, like, looks like it crumbles away on the way to her mouth. And it's like, what is that? Like... That's not how you eat whatever it is you're eating, Elena. Like, if this is candy, then why does she have the salt and pepper shakers nearby? I'm so confused. And that action was so weird. Like, I don't even know what to think. I watched it so many times, and I am, I am no closer to identifying that food. <laughs> um, we learn in this episode that Emily is the creator of the Daylight Rings. She's obviously way more powerful than I even thought. But I want to know if Catherine knows how strong she is, you know. Um, also, Emily's talisman necklace makes a little cameo. Forgot about that all at this point, right? This show makes me so crazy. I can't even get into it. It's just so wild how this show gets within four seasons. So I'm sorry. It's taking me so long. <laughs> but oh my gosh, ha. Elena gets a not-like-other-girls moment when she's digging up Giuseppe with Stefan, and she's like, you know, not other, like, not many other girls can say they've done this. And it's like, yeah, sure, Elena, you're digging up a grave. Like, not many people have done that. Has nothing to do with you being a girl. Has everything to uh, do with you dating a vampire. <laughs> anyway. And right after this is one of those, like, weird fast-forwardy moments in the show. They dig up Giuseppe and Stefan hops in and there's this weird shot of Stefan's sad face and then it just like cuts to him getting out or something like I gotta say right here I love the whole look of the grimoire and the protective cover Stefan has to break off like what is that is that like old-timey docu-seal <laughs> and like the sound of the wiry bit cutting open like mm such good sound design like a nice bassy crunchy my asmr you know like i really tried to look it up but i could only find like 1860s civil war documents or vampire diaries fanfics um i just i have to just guess that it's like a wax seal with a wire or some twine type stuff t uh, used to break the seal anyway i really like it <laughs> And then Damon shows up, and we have his threat to turn Elena should Stefan destroy the grimoire. Um, just want to keep this bit in my mind here for the next time Elena goes soft for Damon. Gonna be like, hey, remember when he said he'd rip your heart out to get to Catherine? Cool, me either. <laughs> but it's settled, and he tosses Elena back over, and Nina Dobrev does that whole, like, hiding in Paul's chest with like one eye on Ian it's so funny um like you hurt me how could you um I love how hammy this show is um sometimes I'm more impressed like the deliver that actors delivered certain lines less about their delivery like uh it's just the show is so silly and like the fact that they can get things out without laughing is impressive um I'm sure they laughed a lot on set I just like the ridiculousness of it, along with just, like, having fun with each other. I'm sure they had fun at work. <laughs> anyway, Stefan and Elena go home, and then we get our final flashbacks for the episode. Taking Catherine and Damon blaming Stefan. Um, Jonathan takes Pearl away, and Anna escapes. Back in the present, 
Stefan is grabbing some pain pills for Elena when off screen, Anna has been over with Jeremy, but swoops upstairs and silently removes Elena from her home. I think it's okay. Um, I forgot that Bonnie and Elena were going to be kidnapped in this episode. It's pretty obvious why Anna would want Bonnie, but grabbing Elena totally has to be more about, like, fucking with Stefan, right? Anyway, that's the end of the episode. What did you think? I like that part, too. If I am honest with myself, (laughs) I don't think I like this episode. (laughs) Mostly upon the rewatch for the podcast, like, I really, I really hadn't thought that there were any filler episodes in the show until maybe like season four but yeah upon rewatch this episode felt a little fillery in comparison um I still feel like a lot happened but it was mostly conversations in the past and like people in the present were just looking at books you know while the camera panned lots of like reading acting today (laughs) um Elena Anna Stefan Damon and Rick all do it in this episode I think um and then it goes to the past and you have a conversation between the Salvatore brothers while they watch Catherine play croquet with Giuseppe it's just like okay um all the flashbacks like somehow even like felt like rushed you know they like they just like want to get like all the exposition out but they, like, don't have a clever way to do it, I think. Um, and Marco Siega has to, like, get all the flashbacks into one episode because, like, the next director's doing something else, you know? Gotta, like, introduce all these townspeople for maybe one or two episodes. And uh, then we'll get into the superlatives. All right, best liner moment? Mm, I don't know, the ASMR? <laughs> best reveal? My favorite reveal was probably when Catherine bites Stefan and gets, like, burned or whatever, you know? Like, ah, garlic! Uh, but uh, the Vervain and then uh, Giuseppe runs in like, gotcha, bitch! <laughs> and Stefan is so sad. I like it. Um, the wolves have to go to Pearl when Jonathan Gilbert turns on her, and then for Anna when she has to read about it later. Heart eyes is because I want to smell the vervain perfume. Flame eyes, Catherine, the gall, the pomposity, <laughs> the, the pomposity. <laughs> it's all her fault, dude. Like, Pearl wanted to move on and Catherine wouldn't let her. And now they're both stuck, desiccated in a crypt. I truly have no idea why anyone in Anna's group would want to get Catherine out. It's her fault Pearl is down there. I hope Anna has a grudge. OMG count remains at four, as far as I could tell. I don't know. I'm not going to watch it again. Um, did anyone die in this episode? I know some people died in the past, but I don't think that there were any recent deaths. I mean, I guess besides Ben. I'm going to add Ben. So the kill count goes to 21. Damon's at 15. Logan Fell had four. Alaric Saltzman had one. He killed Logan. And Anna technically killed Ben. All right. Well, that's it for now. See you for episode 14. Bring. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> it's been like three weeks off mic, so let's just get right into it. Okay, it's time for season one, episode 14, the main event. Episode title is Fool Me Once, and oof, it's a good one. <laughs> okay, uh, aired February 11th, 2010, written by Brett Conrad, directed by Mark 
Balenciaga! <laughs> New characters. Um, I don't think so. We'll see as we go because I am ready to get to the recap. Elena and Bonnie wake up in Anna and Ben's hotel room, but it's not long before Stefan busts in with the power of sunlight and jailbreaks them because it's tomb time, baby. Damon is apparently so persistent that the gang decides that they need to get the tomb open so he can take his mummy girlfriend and leave already. Sheila and Bonnie get on board fairly easy, and they're off. <laughs> the tomb is opened, also fairly easily, and Damon brings Elena inside with him as leverage, but basically immediately ditches her in the dark to be found by Anna, who has also gone in. Anna uses Elena's blood to awaken her mother, but Catherine is nowhere to be found. Damon throws a little tantrum, but agrees to leave. Also, this whole time, Sheila has known that the vamps wouldn't be able to get back out because the seal was still there. But after Stefan went in, Bonnie begged Grams to help her lift it so he slash they would be able to get out. Earlier, Anna kidnapped slash sauntered away with Jeremy from another party in the woods. Hey, this town, I swear. Anyway, Stefan found him and they all got home safely, but different. Jeremy tells Elena he has no memory of the night, but immediately starts binging vampires as soon as she leaves, and unfortunately, Bonnie discovers Grams has died, the spell having taken too much from her. And Damon learns Catherine was actually never in the tomb, but instead avoiding him. But back in the tomb, another vampire has awakened and is loose. Surely there won't be just one. But that's basically everything that happened today in the town of Mystic Falls. Okay, so immediate first thoughts. I really like this episode. Well, like the A plot, anyway. Um, they gave Tyler something to do in this episode, yay. But that uh, it just so happens that he's still doing that jealous best friend thing again. But yay, nonetheless. Um, now, do I go in order or by character? Um, let's just get the B plot stuff out of the way, all right? Because it's another party in the woods tonight, and these people really cannot help themselves, hmm? If not for Vervain, I would think that they've been compelled to have so many parties in such desolate places. Um, but it's actually apparently someone in particular is throwing this party, and we get several name drops, this Duke from Duke, but I don't think we ever see him. That's weird, right? I wonder if that was, like, a deleted scene. Anyway, Caroline and Matt are still beating around the bush. She says she's giving him an out, and he says he's good. But at the party, he tells Tyler that she's clingy, only for care to come back with another speech that clears everything up, and they're fine, but somehow, like, still not a couple because of his feelings for Elena. It's sort of annoying, especially on the rewatch. It just feels like it's dragging on and on. And segue, because Jeremy invites Anna to Duke's forest party, and she accepts because she's planning on basically feeding Jeremy to her mummy mum. Um, and it was here that I realized she didn't actually like Jeremy. Uh, I sort of expected her to have faked her feelings in the beginning, but like grown to like him more. And her stuff with Ben was the fake thing. That's what I thought. And that she was with Jeremy, like, actually, that like, that was the real thing. Um, I was sort of bummed that she was willing to go that far to get some Gilbert revenge. So, yeah, that sucked. I didn't remember that at all. Okay, now let's get back to the beginning, because we have a lot of characters in this episode. Um, 
I love the stuff with Elena and Bonnie waking up in the hotel room. The escape attempts are suspenseful and fun. And I just have so many like thoughts. Like there are so many things that I like. Ben trying to compel Elena, her attempting like to sneak past him. Bonnie using the water to burn Ben. The fact that there was like five milliliters of liquid to start with and they act like that's enough to drink. (laughs) Actually, that's just like a can of worms to me. There's barely any water in that glass and Elena goes to drink it. But when Bonnie asks if she can have some, Elena gives her the funniest look. Like to me, it's like a look of genuine confusion, but also like, excuse me? No, it's fine. (laughs) I think it's so funny. Um, And I love Elena actually being sorry for Anna. And Anna just being like, no, we're not bonding. (laughs) Too good. Um, And then, of course, it just gets better when Stefan busts in and slides open the curtains real quick. And they all run out. And Ben is just stuck behind the bed in his little hoodie with the door wide open. (laughs) What a baby. (laughs) But let's check in on Damon now. Like, he went to Bonnie's Grams, uh, Sheila, of course. And it's so great how much she hates him. But then he's off to meet Anna, and this scene in the town square, I'm pretty sure you can see their breath. Like, it's been looking so cold lately. It makes all these nighttime scenes look a little miserable. (laughs) Uh, Small thought, Sheila is anti-lockdown in this sense. I wonder how she would have felt about 2020. (laughs) Okay, small thought, done, sorry about that. But okay, who else thought about The Last Airbender or... Uh, the hex girls when Sheila starts naming the spell like when she starts the spell and she's naming the elements I know it's not in the same order but oh my god new headcanon Sheila was a member of the hex girls band (laughs) it's official to me now and this is when the show cuts back to Jeremy alone in the woods with Anna I really love the fact that Jeremy gets knocked out after seeing Anna's vamp face, but he ends up remembering. Um, Finally, Jeremy can have a little bit of control back in his life, like people making him forget stuff. (laughs) Jeez, I love this for him. So uh, Jeremy starts binging vampires. I love that he uses bing. Um, Someone was a sponsor. (laughs) It's fine because I know they pushed hard. That whole campaign back in the day, like, try bing, don't Google it. So I mean, yeah. I've, I've binged, I'll admit it, but when you use Chrome, you're, you're not going to be binging anything. You're just, you're just not. Um, also, this scene is so serious. Uh, he types in vampires in the real world, and he clicks on an article, but then there's this, like, real dramatic shot on Jeremy's face and, like, crazy typing sounds. It's so funny to me. Like, what is he typing? Um, <laughs> okay, back to Anna, because I also love that Anna calls Stefan hero. Um, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but I think a part of her actually likes or, you know, would enjoy the companionship of either or both Salvatore brothers. Damon is a jerk to her, but Stefan is sort of kind to everyone, and I think she doesn't hate him. (laughs) Okay, so Anna goes off to the tomb, and Stefan can fuck with Ben a little bit, but ends up Blasting him with a flamethrower, I guess. Did we see where he got that? Uh, But also, it's sort of funny how the stuntman shows he's dying by just lying down on his face. Like, oh no, I am dying and now I am dead. Alright, so Damon and Elena are in the tomb and this fucker just leaves her alone. And because the vamps inside can sense her, there's this like eerie whispering and I do not blame Elena here. She starts freaking out, understandably, and... 
oh my god, ew, when she basically like fell into one of the vampire's lap and like laps and it looked at her. <laughs> ew, ew, actually so creepy to me. Very good, Vampire Diaries. Uh, but okay, can we just take a second here to applaud the visuals in this scene? Like 10 whole seconds of darkness and maybe a flashlight beam. Just thrilling television. I do declare. Um... This is when Stefan comes back, but Bonnie stops him from going in. I love that. Bonnie's been through a lot lately, but she already really trusts Stefan. Maybe mostly because she trusts Elena's judgment, but I love seeing Bonnie and Stefan's relationship growing. But while we're standing at the door, I gotta ask a question. Uh, Sheila says this is just the reverse of the sort of common entry spell. The one that keeps vamps from entering your home uninvited, right? Um, so that got me thinking. Is every home being enchanted by witches? Or do houses come with spells like when you sign your lease? You know, is there this common use or natural thing in place? Or is there a witch with records of every home bot casting spells remotely? I imagine by now she's had to hire some help, but who was paying them? And if it's really the reverse of the spell, wouldn't inviting them out work? I mean, I don't know. These things, these are, this is what I was talking about. You know, the show moves too fast in the moment and I don't have time to construct actual thoughts. Um, and then like when I'm talking about it later to my boyfriend, I find that I have questions about something that was blah blah and I'm like, ah, I gotta save it for the podcast. <laughs> um... I really want to have my boyfriend on as a guest sometime, like for a watch along and maybe even a discussion. I just have to tell him to avoid certain things because he technically knows spoilers from having like watched some things with me, letting me talk to him about it. Um, shout out to my boyfriend. He's so awesome and I love him. <laughs> okay, back to the show. So Steffi looked kind of upset after hearing Elena would be able to come out, but Damon would still be stuck inside the tomb. Not sure if that's him upset in general because Elena's technically in danger, or if he's kind of sad about the idea of losing Damon. Um, he probably wouldn't have gone in. It was only Elena's scream, uh, scream after getting chomped on. Uh, but yeah, ew, to have your blood sucked out through your wrist and you're like unable to pull away because they're so strong. Blech. Um, uh, but Steffi gets there and pulls Elena out and oh my god it is so funny to me how he looks stuck at the door like stoop kid afraid to leave a stoop but tomb kid instead tomb kid <laughs> uh sorry my mom said I can't play today uh I'm having a little too much fun putting like a little kid voice on Stefan in my mind I just I can't do my own voice justice like I'm sorry I can't play today uh, <laughs> but worry not because this show won't make you wait longer than one commercial break before the Bennett witches think of a way to temporarily lift the seal. Uh, Anna and Pearl can slink out, but Damon still hasn't found Catherine. And just to drive an even bigger little wedge between Elena and Stefan, uh, Damon only agrees to leave after Elena comes back in and begs him. That's gotta feel like something, right, Stefan? <laughs> All right, so the Bennett witches have been doing their thing this whole time, and I'm wondering if Sheila had been holding back before. Uh, Bonnie gets drained and, like, thinks she's gonna pass out, but Sheila just sort of, like, gets more calm and more focused, and she seems to take on more of the load to let Bonnie pull back as much as possible. And as we see later, it took absolutely everything out of Sheila, and Bonnie will definitely not consider this worth it. 
But in the meantime, when we're still at the tomb, uh, the flames have gone out and Damon is all cast in shadow, but you can still see that this guy is super pissed. Uh, but to be even more dramatic, this ham does the old turn on the lights in a dark room when someone enters thing. And uh, when Anna and Pearl get back to the hotel, I guess Anna knew Catherine wasn't in there. And I guess Damon figured that out. Um, I missed that or I don't remember it, but it's so brutal. Catherine knowing where Damon is and choosing to avoid him. I love it. Sucks to suck, Damo. And of course, in his frustration earlier, Damon threw a blood bag intended for Catherine against a wall in the tomb. I'm not sure if that the like the blood eventually trickles down or if the vamp grabbed the blood bag off the ground, but either way, we got our first set of a er no, sorry. We got our first of a new set of vampos which are vampire randos, if you recall, and uh, to which I can only hope all, like, other 27 will also come out. But that's it! That's the whole episode, and oh my god, that felt like it took forever! Um, best line or moment? Mm, I can't really decide between seeing Tyler's face again, or the fact that Jeremy is about to read a bunch of wild shit online. <laughs> um, reveal right! I think maybe the biggest reveal in the episode is knowing Catherine was in Chicago in 83, not sitting underground for the past about 150 years. Uh, since it's only something being said by another character, it's sort of mild. I wouldn't have minded seeing Catherine back in the 80s, so since I would have preferred to, to see the actual scene, I'm going to give the reveal a 6 out of 10, like, could have been better. I don't think I have any heart eyes this episode, but um, flame eyes for Ben... Ben's hair, Ben's exposition, Ben, I, I just don't like the guy. <laughs> OMG count goes up to five. Uh, Elena said it when she realized Stefan couldn't come out of the tomb. I don't think any of our mains made any kills this episode, so I'm going to say the count remains at 20. And this is going to be so far off so soon, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm too lazy. So we're, we're saying 20. Um, okay, wow! So that's another two episodes down, and I bet you thought I wasn't gonna come back, huh? Um, yeah, I'm two months into my new job, and I've just been, like, too exhausted to try to do anything else for a bit, and I won't make any promises, because I've learned that I cannot keep them, especially when it comes to deadlines that I set for myself, but... I'm definitely not done with this podcast, and I'm going to continue to make my way through this show. But for now, I will adjourn, and who knows, maybe even start the next episode. <laughs> all right, that is all for me today. Thank you so much for lending me your ears, and thank you for coming back. Until next time, I'm Katie, and this has been TV Time with Katie, and I'll see you for the next episode. Bye now!